Good morning. Glad you're here on this fall day. Feels like another another season finally. It's fall. It's good to be here on this day. Uh, we're wrapping up a message series today where I've been looking at how important it is to learn to listen to God as He leads us in everyday life. If we can hear Him, we can learn what he's going to say, how he's going to say it. If we can learn to hear his guidance, we, if we can make sure that it's him that we're hearing. We've been looking at filters. We've been looking at ways that we know that it's him. We've been talking about kind of how he leads so that we can recognize when it's him. If we can do that, if we can hear him, be sure it's him, he will faithfully lead us to fulfill his will and accomplish his purpose in our lives. His, his promptings do that. They, his leadings, they, they lead us to fulfill his purpose and lead us to the best possible life that Jesus promised us. And so this is what we've been looking at. In fact, it, a major characteristic of God's children is that they're led by his spirit. Romans 8:14. for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And really, this is what we've been talking about in this series, walk in the spirit. We've been talking about how to walk in God's spirit. One of the main ways that he leads us and helps us and guides us as we walk is through these leadings or promptings that we hear uh, throughout the day. In the New Testament, when it says walk in something, it's talking about conduct or a way of life. It's, it's talking about this is, this is the way you approach life. If we can learn to listen and follow or walk in the spirit, God leads us to the good life. This is something I'd like you to grab a hold of today. When I walk in the Spirit, I fulfill God's purpose, and I feel His pleasure. This is, this is how, how life flows. I, I please God, and I feel His pleasure. There's something in me that clicks. Life's coming together, not falling apart. I've asked Matt Sprankle uh, to come up and share with you. He's one of our discipleship team leaders. And I've asked him to come share some insights he got out of his quiet time. He emailed me these insights a few weeks ago, and I thought, ah, it'd be great to have Matt share them with us as we try to keep getting a grip on this. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt, Matt is a um, history teacher at Claremont High, and he's uh, also uh, starting up a company called PrayBuzz that is a unique social networking site uh, that encourages us to pray for one another, give us a way to keep track of what's going on and pray for each other and that. But, uh, bro, what's the key insight you learned out of Romans 8.14? His insight was related to that that verse. Could we, there it is. They did it already. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, bro, what was your insight? Uh, the insight was kind of on the word led. So I was doing quiet time reading that verse, and um, I have a program that someone uh, gave me as a gift a while back called uh, PC Bible Study, and you can... You can look at the verse and find out what the Greek word is, and then it tells you kind of what that word means. And so I was looking at the word led, and the word is ago, A-G-O, and it means to duplicate or to transfer a way of living. And um, that was a really good picture just of what the Spirit of God does uh, for God's children is duplicates the life of Christ or transfers the way that Christ lives into our lives. And uh, what really stood out to me was the word ago reminded me of another word I'm familiar with, which is a gogi. And I teach history, and I like the movie 300, like a lot of guys here. And if you remember the movie, they took the boy, they put him in the school, 
And that school is called the Agogi, and basically what it is is a totally immersive training academy where a seven-year-old goes through all sorts of training until they're 22, and they come out a different kind of person. And um, so it was saying, you know, if for all who are Agogied by the Spirit of God, it was a really good picture, you know. I can see that God has trained me, coached me, corrected me, guided me through the Spirit. Um, so I know, I know that I'm... I know that I'm God's son because I can see those things in my life. So you can immerse yourself in all kinds of things. The Spartans immersed their boys in this program, and they became warriors, some of the best warriors on the planet there in their day. And so we, we choose what we immerse ourselves in, and it really does, it does affect us. So um, how did this help you understand better, Matt, how God's Spirit's leading you and growing you to be more like him? Well, I think like I tried to figure out what that looks like. And so, um, again, uh, it says the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God, if you are led by the Spirit of God. And I was just thinking about my son, Ben. And if you were to ask him, how do you know that you're Matt's son? Uh, he'd say, well, he'd just, I mean, he's foreign. He couldn't say anything. I actually asked him in the car over here, and I didn't get a really good answer. But uh, he would probably think to himself, I, he, my dad clothes me, feeds me, trains me, loves me, plays with me. I mean, everything is immersed. And so I see that in my own life. I see the Spirit of God doing the same kinds of things in my life where, for example, the example I used the first service was I got a ticket speeding coming to church a couple weeks ago, and I was going 80 and 65, and cop pulled me over, and I don't like that, you know. I wasn't going that fast, that whole thing. And uh, he said to me, you have a flat tire in the back, and I've seen lots of people flip their cars over, so slow down, go get air in your tire. And as I was driving away, um, God kind of spoke to me uh, and said, you know, I you have no idea. Here's what I got, the sense I got. You have no idea what could have happened to you if you didn't get stopped. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about how all authority has been put over you by the Spirit of God. But it wasn't like I decided, oh, I'm going to quote Romans 13:1 now. You know, it was the Spirit of God kind of from the inside said, this is what went on here. He was coaching me in the context. And actually, I was just coaching my son because he had a little fight with one of his friends and I was listening to him, trying to help him understand how to fit. I mean, it's the same thing. So, you know. Yeah, that's good. So Added that last part from Yeah, yeah. Was just, we're, we're getting live updates <laughs> that's right. as we go along. <laughs> um, so how did this help you better understand how God's spirit is? Oh, wait, I just asked that. How is this kind of leadership? How is the kind of training you're experiencing from the spirit, this all through the day training and coaching, Different than like classroom education, what you do at school, or um, a do's and don'ts kind of religion. Yeah, the, 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 the short answer is God is with me. So the, the alternative would be like the law. I, was, I said to Randy in the email was, I was thinking about the law. You know, you have these like rules. They're good. I mean, it's good to know what you can and can't do. But it would almost be like I send Ben an email at the beginning of every week. I say, here's what you do this week. And then he has to figure out how that applies to his situation all by himself. Good luck. But with the spirit inside of me, he is coaching me. He is showing me. He's helping me, encouraging me. It's a relationship. The spirit of Christ is training me in a personal way. So it's way better. That's, that's the bottom line. Thanks, Matt, yeah. for sharing your insights with us. I don't want to scare anybody. If you send me your email, your insights to me, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'll bring you up here. I, I would get your permission first. But really appreciate Matt sharing. That helps kind of give some life to 
what we've been talking about. Uh, God doesn't send daily emails with instructions, specific directions for us. He walks with us through life. And he wants us to learn how to rely on him throughout the day, throughout life. He doesn't train us or teach us how to follow him in a classroom. He doesn't give us a formula to follow. Sometimes we get into this, I want to break the code so I can experience God's favor. What's the code? I've got to break the code. How how do I do that? There is no secret code. He walks with us to give us just-in-time coaching, encouragement, training, rebuke, uh, as we looked at last week. If you want to hear from God and learn to hear his voice above all the others in our lives, we must immerse ourselves in the Spirit's resources. We've been looking at this. There are four basic resources God has given to, to help us live the life that he wants. Prayer is, is one. We can call on God throughout the day. He responds. We can talk things over with him. We're not alone. We're never alone. This gives us confidence, Scripture says. We say with confidence, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. What can mere mortals do to me? God, God is with us. gives us confidence. It helps us. We can talk to him and follow his leadership throughout the day. The scripture is a second resource. The more we soak in God's word, the Bible, the more we get it into our life, we'll hear him more. We'll be guided by him. He will speak directly through his word as we quiet ourselves. This, this was an insight Matt got in his quiet time. That's what it's called by some. Uh, a time when you set aside a portion of your day and you listen to God speak through his word and you talk to him in prayer and you, and you, have, a, you have a give and take relationship conversation, a dialogue with God as you quiet yourself before him. He's going to speak directly through his word. It's alive. He's going to speak directly through his word as we listen to him. And then through the day, he's going to bring things to mind. He'll remind you of what he said, either that day or another day. He's going to bring things to mind at just the right time so that you'll remember, so he he can guide you to do what he wants you to do. This is how he clues us into what he wants as we follow him through the day. God's word is also the main filter for leadings and promptings. If you felt led somewhere by God, by His Spirit, the Word of God is the main filter. He is not going to say something to you through a leading or a prompting or an urging or a sense inside that that contradicts anything He said in His Word. It's always going to line up perfectly. He, He doesn't contradict Himself. The promptings He gives will line up with what He's already said. So prayer, the scripture, encouraging fellowship. It's another resource. It's another of the Spirit's resources. We're we're commanded not to neglect getting together with other people who are trying to follow the Lord. The reason is because God uses other people, their encouragement, their examples to speak to us and, and to lead us in the right direction. The final resource is ministry to others. Ministry just means service, serving. Serving God and serving the people he puts into your life. Interesting thing about ministry. Many of the promptings we get from God are going to be about doing kindness to others, serving, sharing our faith with them. He's going to lead us to accomplish his work in the world. 
And when we follow His leadership to minister to the people around us, we get stronger, we grow stronger, and He keeps leading us to do His will. If we refuse to do what He bids us to do, the leadership will dry up until we decide to do what He wants again. Then, then He leads. If, if we aren't immersed in the Spirit's resources, we shouldn't expect to hear from God. A major part of learning to, to listen to Him is to stay connected to Him through these resources. The Spirit's resources help me stay in step with Him. They keep me in step. Look at Galatians 5.16. <clears throat> but I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires, the desire of the flesh. At any given moment, here's the picture in the Bible. At any given moment, you're in one of two realms. You're either in the realm of the flesh, which is, the flesh in the Bible means the, the desire, once we decide to follow Christ, what it means to follow Christ or decide to... Uh, follow him is you turn around you repent this is how you become one of God's children in the first place you repent that means to do a 180 you completely turn around I've been going living my way my old strategies the way I want to try to get my agenda accomplished and I I realize that's not God's way and so I turn I do a 180 from my way and I decide to walk God's way when I do that his spirit comes and lives in me but the flesh remains The flesh in the Bible is that part of me, my insides and my being that still wants to sin, still wants to rebel. And so it's there. And I'm either living in the realm of the flesh and drawing from its resources and desires, or I'm living in the realm of the spirit, uh, drawing on the resources of the spirit that he's provided to do what he wants me to do. In this life, Galatians, look at Galatians 5 16 through 18. We're going to read another translation of 16 and then move on. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This is the flesh. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. He's going to lead us in line with the law of Moses, but we're not under obligation. It's not a heavy burden that we carry. He's going to lead us toward fulfilling the law, but we don't don't walk in fear anymore. We're God's children. We're not fearing his wrath. We're his children who, who walk closely with him. And so there's in the spirit, in the realm of spirit, there's life and freedom and peace. And it's very different than the realm of the trying to crack the code, the realm of the law, the realm of the flesh. There's this battle, you could see it in this passage, raging within us. And there's a force like gravity trying to pull us into the realm of the flesh, trying to pull us down into that realm. So once we decide to follow Christ, there's this wrestling match that's going on inside. It's like hand-to-hand combat, and it is very real. You need to know this if you've just decided to follow Christ. 
And you need to remember this if you've been walking with him for a long time. There is not going to be easy. There is going to be this struggle. And the, the, the victory comes as we learn to rely on God. As we learn to draw from his resources and focus our mind on his desires. It's very important to learn to recognize where you're walking. So that's primarily what we're talking about today is, how do I know if I'm walking in the realm of the flesh or if I'm in the realm of the spirit? How do I recognize where I'm walking? Galatians 5.25 says, since we live by the spirit, and others says, since we walk by the spirit, since we have life in the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So we're going to talk about how to do that. When I get out of step with the spirit, and we do, regular thing, we get out of step then what I need to do is confess that I'm out of step. I, I need to recognize it. Boy, that's, that's, that was wrong. That was, I shouldn't have said that. God, you're right. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have thought that. Those are, those are wrong. I confess that, God. You're right. I admit it. I see it. Confession means to see it the way God sees it. I confess. I I accept his forgiveness. I make it right with others. I reconcile and make restitution if I need to. And then I ask him to fill me again. And I surrender to his leadership. This is a moment-by-moment thing. Moment-by-moment as we live. And there's a lot at stake. Because when I walk in the Spirit, I fulfill God's purpose and I feel his pleasure. I please him and I feel that. If we don't pay attention to where we're walking, we can end up spending a lot of time in the flesh and never hearing from God. We're, we're in the flesh. We're not hearing from him. He, the way God is, he'll let you just walk on through life on your own. Because he's not going to force us to follow. He wants us to choose that. He wants us to choose to love him and follow him. And so if we get in the flesh and we just hang out mostly in the flesh, we don't hear so much from God. We don't hear what he has to say. This can lead us to self-destruct without getting the guidance that we desperately need from God. We need him to hear. So what, what I'm trying to do today in this message is wrap up everything we've been talking about so that we get the big picture of how to stay in the spirit so that we can be led by him. So I want to look at how to keep in step with the spirit today. First of all, focus your mind on the Spirit's desires. This is what Romans 8 says. Those who live according to the sinful nature or the flesh have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, it's destruction. It's, it, it, life's unraveling for those who set their minds on the the, the flesh. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Boy, that's good stuff. This, this, this is a place to be in the Spirit. The Spirit's resources, the reason we need to stay immersed in them, they keep us focused on the Spirit's desires. We just sang a song, All I Want is What You Want. I'm not quite even sure what the percentage of my wants are in that area. But we sing that because that's what we should, we should want what he wants. But for me, it's a moment-by-moment moment thing. Sometimes I just want what I want. 
But I sing that saying, God, help me to want what you want. Help me to focus on your desires. That's what the Spirit desires, what God wants, what the Father wants. When we decide to give our lives to follow Christ, what happens is we're recreated. We become a new creation. God remakes us on the inside that begins to show up in the, on the out, outside. He remakes us for life in heaven and eternity. The resources of the Spirit, what they are, is they're sort of like an oxygen tank that he uses to support this new life. Because we're trying to live this new life in the same old world that we live in. And so these resources are like an oxygen tank to sort of support and allow us to live in this life. The environment in this world does not support life in the Spirit. So we need a direct connect. We need to uh, be able to connect through these resources so that we can live for what the Spirit desires because it's not natural to want to do what God wants. It's natural to do what we want to do, and we're always getting out of step with Him. In, in a few minutes, I'm going to take a look at the works of the flesh. And um, we're, we're going to see how to recognize these works in our life, and they're glaring. They're very easy to see. It's like weeds in a well-manicured garden. Easy to spot the weeds. If you've just cleaned up your garden over the next few days, a weed starts growing. Easy to spot. You can see them. They're glaring. We, we can know when we're out of step and living in the flesh and drawing on our own resources and in the wrong realm. In fact, we can not only know that and see them, we can smell them because they stink. <laughs> and we're going to talk about how we can recognize them in a little bit. I find myself in and out of, of each realm in a given day. What I want to learn to do is rely on God and, and live in the realm of the Spirit more and more as I go through the day. What I want to do is learn to recognize the works of the flesh to the point when I see them and smell them, that I can be sensitive to the Spirit's coaching and correction and admonishment and then crucify the flesh, because we're instructed in Galatians 5.24 to crucify it. Don't, don't befriend it. It's very familiar. The flesh is very familiar. <laughs> it's familiar to us. It's like an old pair of slippers. But it, even though it's familiar, it is not your friend. The flesh will lead you to unravel your life. And so when you see the works of the flesh, crucify them. Crucify it. I want to make sure that I'm not feeding it and nursing it along just because it's so familiar in the way I think and in the way I live. To keep in step with the Spirit's leadership, I have to stay focused on the Spirit's desires by staying immersed in His resources. Next, I have to keep being filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 says, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Being drunk on wine affects the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you react. It has an impact on you. It, it can take over. Depending on how much you've had, it, can, it controls some things. Instead of that, be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit take control. Let the Spirit lead you. Better, better 
said, this better reads, keep being filled with the Spirit. We have to keep being filled with the Spirit because it's easy to get filled with ourselves. It's easy to click over into the realm of the flesh. This comes naturally to us. And there's that pull into the realm of the flesh like gravity that we struggle against. As we try to follow God, there's this pull that's pulling us down into the realm of the flesh. And it's, it's a wrestling match. It really is. God has given us real help in his word to help us recognize what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit and the works of the flesh. If you want to keep in step with the Spirit, you have to pay attention to where you're walking. Very, very important. Pay attention to where you're walking. Here, here's a list of the works of the flesh. You, you see several lists like this in the New Testament portion of the Bible. Uh, and they're there so we can identify when we're out of step with the Spirit and when we're in the realm of the flesh. It helps us see them. We can tell where we're walking when we look at these things and when we know this is the way it is. Galatians 5. The acts or works of the flesh, of the sinful nature, are obvious. The, their effort, the strain, the toil that comes out of these. We're relying on ourselves without the help of God. That's the idea, the acts, the works. They're obvious, they're evident, they're glaring, they're easy to see. Sexual immorality, which is out-of-bound sex, outside the boundaries God set up in the Scripture. Impurity, um, mixed motives, uh, impure agendas, where I want to do what God wants and what I want as well. Debauchery, idolatry, which is image worship, either literal, literally an idol, or Something we make an idol. Something that takes the place of God in our hearts. The central place that only he should have as our maker. He should get the glory and honor from our lives. If we put anything else there, then that's, that's what this is referring to, idolatry. Um, witchcraft, hatred, malice. It just, just seethe when I think of someone. This is, not, this, is not, this is the work of flesh, not the spirit. Discord. Just conflict and trouble and in the relationships, just constant bumps, constant speed bumps and trying to get some things accomplished. Just boom, 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 boom. It's tough. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Just blow up. Selfish ambition. I want my will done. Not God's or anybody else's. I want my will done. This is what I want. Dissensions. Factions. Factions are, it, the word means a choice or being choosy. Like, I, I, I'm kind, I, I show favor to the people I enjoy. I click with these, so I treat them right. Everybody else, not so much. Doesn't matter that much. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, just wild parties. And the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are lifestyles that are not indicative of people who know God. They're not, they're not indicative of his children. Now, we've, we may fall into these works of the flesh, but these lifestyles, you're not going to be in a lifestyle of this. You may struggle with it and battle against it, but it's not going to be your lifestyle. These are the works of the flesh. When you see them beginning to take root in you, then you're in the realm of the flesh. It's easy to see. It's easy to smell. This stuff smells. Stinks up your life. When you're in the flesh, your relationships take a beating. 
They're a major indicator of where you're walking. Look at Galatians 5.26. Let us not become conceited, which is being proud without a reason to be proud. You know, there's a right kind of pride, like this is fantastic, this has been accomplished, give honor to God. It's been, you know, boy, he's allowed me to do this. There's a right kind of pride, but, you know, there's no basis, just this native arrogance. That's wrong. Let us not become conceited and provoking, challenged to a combat, compare. Really, this is about comparison and competition. Envy, not envying each other. These are indicators. This is what happens in relationships in the flesh. Here are some indicators of life in the Spirit. First one, a growing Christ-like character. It's like you plant yourself, you immerse yourself, you decide to follow Christ God. I'm tired of living my way, I want to live your way, I accept what you've done, your forgiveness for me on the cross, that you, the price you paid for my sin, I accept that and I want to live your way. I'm going to immerse myself in you, in your resources, in your desires. As you do that, he begins to change you on the inside. He grows fruit in you that shows up in the way you relate to people. Love, joy. There's a joy. When I, when I fulfill his purpose, I feel his pleasure. There's this joy from doing that, from having him bring life together. You don't feel any other way. Peace. This marks my relationships, at least my approach to them. I can't control the other person, but my approach can be peaceful. Patience, kindness, goodness. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there are no law. When I consistently walk in the Spirit, these things are going to grow in me. You can't manufacture these. If you're trying to manufacture stuff, it tends to take you toward the works of the flesh because it's effort, toil, strain. These things grow as you bury yourself in Him, in God, in Jesus Christ. They grow as you bury yourself like you bury a seed in the ground. And you focus your mind on what the Spirit wants with your life. His desires. You stay immersed in His resources. And then these fruits of the Spirit begin to grow. These, these character traits. The, the Christ-likeness begins to grow in you. There are more indicators in Ephesians 5 and 6, and I want to walk through them. Because after telling us to be filled and to keep on being filled with the Spirit, we're shown what flows out of that life, how His control begins to affect our speech and our thoughts and our relationships. So we're going to look at that as we keep moving forward. First, first evidence indicator is praise and thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, 19, 20. Speak to one another. It says, be, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are going to flow. This is what happens. You're, God gets the honor and praise for the things, good things going on in your life. He gets the thanks. There's this attitude shift that he, there's just, the Holy Spirit's going to well up thanksgiving inside as you walk through life. So, praise and thanks. Our relationships grow better. If your relationships stink, someone is walking in the flesh. You need to check yourself. Ephesians 5.21 says, submit, submit yourselves to one another, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, submission is one of those hot words. 
in our society. Um, but what this verse isn't saying is that no one is in charge. So we keep saying in situation after situation, one another, well, you take the lead. No, you take the lead. Like we're walking toward a door that only one person can fit through. And you're like, yeah, after you. No, after you. No, after you. We never walk through the door because we're trying to submit to one another. It's, that's not the picture. It's saying that from whatever place you find yourself in an arena of life, whatever role you've been given to play, you play the role that you've been given to serve God's interests, to love and serve the people in that arena, to look out for their best interests, and to move forward. So uh, if myself and someone, maybe I'm the leader in a situation, and we walk toward a door, and I step aside, and I say, you know, after you. Well, they follow my lead. We don't, we don't argue about it. We get through the door a lot quicker. This all works out much better. And that's, that's the idea. Submission in the Scripture, the fact that we submit to one another, it means I use my position to serve. If I'm the leader, I use that to serve. If I'm the follower, I use that to serve. I look out, I defer to the people over me or under me, and I, I use what I've been given, the role I've been given, to serve them. This shows up in family life. Ephesians 5:22 through 6, 4. I'm not going to read all of them, just a couple of, a couple of uh, verses here. Men have been made leaders in the family by God. Uh, that's why we go bald, actually. Uh, because it's it's a symbol that we're directly responsible to God. It's in the it's in the Bible. We won't go into it. It's one of the reasons we lose our hair. That's that's symbolic of our direct responsibility to God and accountability for Him in families. So we're given responsibility for the family. We're to see that it's accomplishing God's purposes. That people under us are blessed, and so we have the authority and the accountability in the family. Now, men are generally stronger than women. I can, I can think of some women who could take me down. I really don't want to get in a wrestling match or a fist fight <laughs> with them. Uh, but the women that could beat me to smithereens, which there are a few, I admit, are the exception. They're not the rule. God's given men strength, and the strongest woman in the world is not going to be as strong as the strongest man in the world. So God's given men strength for a reason. He's made us the way we've been made for a reason. Since men are stronger, though, we can bully women. Just in our, in our approach to life, even physically, we can bully women if we do this. It is so wrong that God quits listening to you. 1 Peter 3 says it hinders your prayers. They just start hitting the ceiling because you're bullying. You're using your strength for the wrong reason. And I, I don't really know, you know, very many women who want a weak man. Might think they want a man that they can control, but boy, after they get that man, they don't respect him at all because they're just pushing him around. But what God's going to do, men, is he wants you to use your strength to bless your wife. He wants to use your authority as a, a way to love 
and sacrifice to protect them, to help them flourish and grow in their roles in life. You bear the weight of the responsibility and you help them flourish. This is what God wants and this is what the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to do. If you're not going that direction, you're not in the realm of the Spirit because that's where He's going to lead you. He's going to lead you to use your position to serve and to help and to allow the women, the wives, and the wife, let's say wife, one wife, husband, one wife, to flourish. This is what, this is evidence. It's an indicator of life in the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit leads you, He's going to prompt you and lead you to give your partner, if you're the husband or the wife, exactly what they crave. This is in Ephesians 5, 33. It says, however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is a conclusion to this whole passage on marriage. But the Holy Spirit is going to lead men to love. This is what women want most of all, to be cherished and valued, to be held up as precious. Men want respect. We want to be admired. And, and we, we fear uh, not being adequate to do life the way we should. And we, we need respect. This is what the Holy Spirit's going to lead. This is an indicator of life in the Spirit. He's going to lead us to work together in marriage as we face trouble and deal with the challenges of life and do his will on the earth. We can also expect him to help us as we parent. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. It means to deflate them in the way you're relating to them. This is fleshly. It comes naturally, very naturally to dads. Don't exasperate them, but bring them up. The environment is nourishing. It's an environment of love. There's nourishment. And, and bring them up in that environment you train and you instruct in the Lord. At work, major difference from being in the flesh or in the spirit. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear, with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Now, we're not slaves, but we do have a contract. And we do have a job description. And we, we, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do your best, whether anybody sees what you're doing. He's going to lead you to fulfill your, your commitments. Serve wholeheartedly as if you are serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward every one of you, whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. The passage goes on talks about employers, bosses, how they use their authority to, to, to do good to those under them. Regardless of what the who says, I don't know, you might not know who, who the who are. The Who was a rock group from my era, and they had a song, you know, we have a new boss, he's not like, he's the same as the old boss. Uh, if you've decided to follow Christ, you have a new boss who's completely different than the old boss. He sees everything. He sees everything that's going on at work. And we work for him, for no one else. This is what the Spirit's going to lead us to do. He's going to give personal victory. This is an indicator of life in the Spirit. That struggle, that battle, that wrestling match with the flesh that's going on. We also have an enemy. We have the world that we're living in that doesn't sustain life in the spirit. 
And God has provided some armor. Therefore, it says in 6.13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Turns out there's sharks in the water. They're trying to eat you alive, trying to devour you and ruin your life. And God's provided armor so that we can win the battles with these sharks, so that, so that we can live in an environment that doesn't support life in the Spirit. We're to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and be alert. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Me, on Friday, God kept bringing, well, it was last Friday, God kept bringing a friend of mine who was uh, going to lead something, a very hard thing to lead for them. And I wouldn't normally think of this person, but God kept bringing them to mind. And so I kept praying through the day because I knew this was coming up. We need to be alert. We need to be alert and pray as God brings people to mind. Some of the, sometimes when you're just sort of mulling over someone, there's a reason. There's something going on with them. And if you're concerned for them, pray. Turn it into a prayer. God's provided this. He's given us what we need to win. And it's his armor. Notice it's his armor. We can't even make our own armor. God made it. God did it all. He provided it so we can win. And personal victory is on his side in the realm of the Spirit. When I walk in the Spirit, I fulfill God's purpose. And I feel his pleasure. Boy, that's the right place to be. That's the realm of the Spirit. And we have to keep from being pulled into the realm of the flesh. I'd like you to draw your attention to some of the next steps on the listening guide. And they're also in the connection card. If you would, please pull the connection card out of the program and begin to fill that out. We haven't mentioned that yet this morning. But I want to walk through some possible next steps that you could take uh, as a result of this, of this message. And um, here they are. First of all, Memorize Galatians 5.16. But I say the version I memorize it in says, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This one says, so I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Um, memorize that. It's a great reminder of the, the battle that we need to walk in the Spirit. And as we walk in that realm, then we gain victory over the flesh. Second step, take 15 to 30 minutes one day this week Set it aside and read back through the outline. Read through the passages connected. Take the time and ask God, show me, God, where I've been walking. Which realm am I walking in most of the time? And what are the things that are in my life that are patterns that I need to confess to you and I need to ask for your help to be filled to live for you? I need, maybe, maybe there's some things you need to reconcile with others, some restitution that needs to be made. But you set that aside. And you're going to pay attention to where you're walking. Another step could be, if you haven't yet decided to follow Christ, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior, and I'm going to follow him as Lord. That's how you get into the realm of the Spirit. This is how you get into that realm where the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he begins to guide and help you live the life that he wants you to live. And then another couple of steps are related to attending the Women's Ornament Exchange and the Child Dedication Overview. And Alex is going to talk a little more about those when he comes up. In a moment, uh, we're going to be taking our offering. Please take this time to fill out the rest of that card and let us know about your next steps. It would be great. If you're a, a first-time guest with us, we have a gift for you. We're really glad you're here. 
As you go through those double doors to the left, there's a taller table with some books on it. Uh, what on earth am I here for? You could pick one of those up. Very brief summary of God's purpose for our lives, why he made us and his purpose for our lives as you dig that out of Scripture. Would you pray with me as the band comes up? Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word that we can build our lives on. And I pray, God, that you would help us to soak it in more and more and to draw on your resources to live life in your spirit, to, to do what you want, not what we want, to find the, the, the fulfillment that comes from knowing we're living for the purpose for which we've been made. God, help us with this, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.